Hoopball Podcast listeners. Are you a fantasy expert and want to write or podcast for Hoopball? Do you have aspirations of covering a team? Are you a master of sales and want to earn some cash on the phones? Well, we've got good news. Hoopball's recruiting. If you think you have what it takes, hit us up at Hoopball Fantasy on Twitter or by emailing teamhoopball at hoop-ball.com. Again, that's at Hoopball Fantasy on Twitter or emailing teamhoopball at hoop-ball.com. The following is a Hoopball presentation. Hello, and welcome to the Hoopball DFS Today podcast. I am your host, Mike Patra, joined by none other than the fantastic Stephen Williams over here on a back-to-back, doing two shows, two nights in a row. Uh, crushing it tonight, gave some great advice to you all last night, so great job, Steve. But uh, how are you doing? How's your weekend? I'm good, man. Uh, doing good in the GPP tonight, so I'm kind of sweating that one out while I'm with everyone here. But uh, good weekend. Nice, man. Nice. Nothing better than sweating out a nice GPP late at night. Uh, and then jumping on a pod just to look forward to the next one. So that way when you're done, you get to just see how much money you're winning. Uh, I love those nights, man, when I got a nice good sweat going on. But we're here, guys. We're going to break down the Sunday, August 9th slate. we got seven games to talk about. Tons of news, tons of injuries, tons of tons of plays uh so we're not going to waste any time we're going to jump right into it but before we do just a quick shout out to our presenting sponsors manscaped uh you guys always hear us talking about them and it's because they're doing great things uh we were hyping up the lawnmower 3.0 but they got plenty of other products that you guys should go check out uh go visit their website use the promo code hoopball20 h-o-o-p-b-a-l-l and you will receive 20 percent off plus free shipping uh and you'll be happy it's a luxury Take advantage of it. Um, I'm, I'm hooked on them now, guys. I'm trying different products left and right, and I probably don't even need half of them, but I'm buying them. Uh, it's worth it when you get that 20% off plus free shipping using promo code HOOPBALL20. But we're going to jump right into this, brother. We got the Washington Wizards going against the Oklahoma City Thunder. Uh, this game coming in, a few injuries to talk about. Steven Adams, Dennis Schroeder both out. Steven Adams dealing with that lower leg bruise contusion. Uh, and Dennis Schroeder dealing with the birth of his child. And the only thing that we have really to worry about for uh, Washington, Shabazz Napier, and he's probable, is dealing with a left ankle sprain. Garrison Matthews is away from the team. This game's coming in with a 224 over under, or I'm sorry, 224 total. Um, and then Oklahoma City's being favored by nine points in this one. So why don't you kick this off, brother? Let me know. We'll start with Washington. Uh, who are your primary targets, or I guess your best, your favorite target that you're looking at right off the rip? Uh, so I have two guys I'm looking at. Um, I like Thomas Bryant. Uh, his price keeps going up, but he is consistently hitting value every game. Uh, his usage has been consistent. He's putting up around 16 shots a game, uh, especially with no Steven Adams. I see no reason that uh, Thomas Bryant won't give you somewhere around 6x. Uh, I love the call. I'm all over Thomas Bryant. I've been smash button him ever since we saw that one game. Uh, where he's playing 30-plus minutes. This guy is a point-per-minute beast. Uh, He's been getting it done. He can even stretch the floor over the past, you know, four games. Uh, He's out here taking about 21 shot shot attempts from three. Uh, You're telling me the guy's going to take at least five shots from three-pointer. He's going to get that easier matchup with Noel, who gives up some size to him as opposed to Adams. Uh, I'm with you. Still underpriced to me at 7,400. This guy should be closer to 8K at this point. Yeah, totally agree. Uh, another guy I'm looking at on the Wizards is Troy Brown Jr. Um, you know, rightfully so, his price is kind of climbing up, but uh, he's been getting it done in a lot of different ways, which I like. He can return value without necessarily having a good shooting game. I mean, this guy's been dropping dimes. He's been playing a little bit of point forward or point shooting guard, I guess. Um, but I like Troy Brown too. Yeah, I mean, I can't, I can't argue that. I mean, he's been getting it done. The rebounds, that's always nice to see if we're going to see those many rebounds. But you hit it on the head. I mean, he's playing point guard at this point. Um, so if he's going to continue to play point guard, have the ball in his hands and absorb that usage, I'm all for it. It's, yeah, maybe it's not the easiest matchup. We generally don't like the target OKC's backcourt. But I have no issues playing Troy Brown Jr., especially knowing that he has that small forward eligibility on DraftKings. It allows us to kind of fill him in there in a position that's 
generally pretty lackluster. So um, I'm with you. I'm on those two guys. The only other guy I'm really looking at might be a little Ish Smith, but I just told you I don't like the target guys going against like Chris Paul. It's not my favorite thing to do. Uh, but he did come out and play 30 minutes over the past two games, took uh, 14 and 16 shot attempts. The assists and rebounds have been there, at least five uh, rebounds in both games and six assists in both games. Almost dropped a triple-double in that last one for 49.5 DK points against New Orleans. So um, I think we have to mention him. Not the best matchup, and I think a couple people might gravitate towards him. Uh, I don't think I'll end up on him at the end of the night, but I had to mention him a little bit. Yeah, he might be someone that kind of works if you're trying to get a lot of exposure to this game. But uh, outside of that, I'm just a little bit scared of uh, Chris Paul on him. Yeah, rightfully so. I, I I kind of feel that same way. Any other, if it was if Memphis or one of those kinds of teams, lock and load for him. I'd be I'd be all I'd be all for it. But Chris Paul's defense at his age is still elite. But uh, let's talk about it. Are you looking at Chris Paul at all? The Washington up pace matchup, eighty three hundred seems you know fair. Uh, but what do you, let, let me know what you're thinking. That's the exact word I had written down in my notes is I think it's about a fair price for him. Um, it's a great matchup. Uh, I do think there's a little bit of blowout risk. We're talking about a nine point, um, uh, you know, a nine point uh, difference for OKC. Um, he did just call out his teammates for not competing. So they might come out and really, uh, really push it. So. I think Chris Paul's okay. Again, like if you're looking to really stack this game, he's certainly someone that I think can return value, but I won't be seeking him out too much just because of his high price tag. Yeah, and I think, you know, that's like the theme at point guard tonight too is high price tag. So um, while it's high, there's a lot of other guys that are higher and in worse matchups and worse spots. So, um, you know, play it as it is. I would say he's more of a game script play. So maybe you're playing a guy like, you know, if you're playing Thomas Bryant and Troy Brown Jr., it makes sense to run it back with a big name over here on OKC. Um, I get that. But maybe as a one-off play, not the best decision, just because there is that blowout risk and he is the veteran. They are in playoffs. If, if anything happens to him, this team's going nowhere. So I, I can see both kind of scenarios happen. I, I don't mind him, but if you're going to play him, run it back with somebody. And, um, you know, I guess with Steven Adams out, are you looking at Nerlens Noel? Um, I'll be looking at him a little bit. You know, if I if it ends up I really need that cheap, you know, under 4K guy, I, I certainly don't mind it. He played 27 minutes last game without Steven Adams. He returned, you know, 19 fantasy points, which isn't great. But he also blocked no shots, which just about never happens for him. Um, so I think it's reasonable to think that, you know, he'll give you a decent value if if I'm looking for someone in the bargain bin i could look at noel i won't he he won't be someone that's making a majority of my lineups so ooh, all right i like it um i'm actually kind of looking at him i i think that you know throw out that last game uh noel's a point per minute beast you said it yourself he, he just didn't even block any shots there's some games where we can see him get three and three uh three steals three blocks uh, you know he's never going to fill up the scoring column that's just for certain we know that but uh, this is a fantastic matchup. He's coming off a dud game where they lost by, I think it was like 29 points. So that game was pretty much out of hand by like the second quarter. Um, and I, I could just see him coming in here and rolling out. If he rolls out 30 minutes, he's, he's going to be hard for him not to return value, I think. Um, I think he's also going to be very popular. Um, people are going to look at that price tag. They're going to look at him starting at center against Washington. They're going to gravitate towards that. So... We're going to have to see where the ownership lands, I think, by the end of the night. I'm expecting them to probably be around 35%, maybe 33% owned in most GPPs. You know what? That's actually a, a pretty good point. I didn't realize he was in foul trouble last game, too. He had five fouls in those 27 mm-hmm. minutes. So I guess it's perfectly, perfectly reasonable to think that he should get a little bit more run than that, too. And listen, foul trouble is Noel's game, too. He This guy gets into foul trouble a lot. I'm not going to say that's necessarily going to go away. Um, but... They're going to need that big body on Thomas Bryant. We know that this front court plays pretty big, knowing that Gallinari, another 6'10 guy in that front court. So they're going to be playing Rui. They're going to be playing, I mean, uh, I, yeah, I said that backwards. They're going against Rui, so they're going to play Gallinari. They're probably going to have to run out big guys. I mean, Muscala's back. That's another thing. Uh, he, I believe he did sit out that last game. He was dealing with you know, like symptoms, and he's no longer on the injury report. But this is a guy that's playing under six minutes a game since the football happened, so I wouldn't expect a whole lot you know, out of him anyway. So um, I can get behind some Noel. Uh, what about these other guys like Shea and Gallinari? Any interest in those guys? Gallo, I'm just concerned about his minutes. Um, 
His minutes have just been a little bit low. So he's got 19 minutes in the last game, 25 minutes before that. Uh, just because we're looking at a nine-point spread here, I just I don't see him getting quite enough minutes um, to really pique my interest. And um, Shea, I'm I'm a little bit stuck on the fence with. So Shea's getting minutes and he has opportunity, but his usage has been a little bit low for him. Only shooting 11, 12, 13 shots a game. So if I mean, this is a great backcourt for him to uh, go up against. I'm just Wondering why he's not shooting the ball that much, especially with no Schroeder. Yeah, well, I think it's a lot of it's been game script with them. Like they got blown out by Memphis. Uh, the L.A. game was a wonky one that they had a pretty big lead for for a lot of it. Denver, a little bit closer. And then you look at Utah, they kind of you know blew Utah out a little bit. So I don't think a lot of these minutes, a lot of these shot attempts, a lot of everything, they've, they've either been losing by a lot or winning by a lot. So it's been a little bit of like a, a wonky kind of bubble for them as far as the game script scenario. Um, I think the matchup's great. Shea crushed them the last time these teams played. He shot 10 to 17 for 53 DK points against them. Uh, played 36 minutes in that same game. Chris Paul literally had probably one of the worst games of his career. I've never seen a game so bad from Chris Paul. He played 30 minutes, uh, put up literally about 12 DK points. So that that does not happen often. I would check that one out. I don't think he's going to come out here and put up another six uh, six point four assist two rebound game with uh, no blocks and no steals. Um, but Shea really had his way in this matchup, and we, that was, at that point in time, it was pretty much I wouldn't say a fully healthy Wizards team, uh, but they had a majority of their core. So I, I can I can really get behind any of these guys. I'm not going to talk you out of any of them. I think Shea and uh, Danilo would be tournament plays, but you'd be, you know, Noel can be used in tournament or cash, and then Paul's probably, uh, he'd probably a tournament or cash play. You can, you know, that's probably the, the way I would look at this game. Yeah, yeah, I agree. All right, man, we'll keep it moving. Memphis Grizzlies going against the Toronto Raptors, 222 game total. Toronto being favored by seven in this one. Uh, as far as injuries are concerned, Jaron Jackson Jr., Tyson, uh, Tyus Jones, and Justice Winslow all out for the Grizzlies. And we have Patrick McCraw ruled out for Toronto. doesn't really matter. And then Serge Ibaka is probable after getting scratched in the eye in that last game. So uh, let's, let's start off with this Memphis team. And they are kind of in like win-now scenario. Um, they're dropping more games than they want to in this bubble. And I think that, you know, coming off that big win against OKC, they're going to look to keep that momentum going. But who are you targeting over here? Uh, my favorite play on Memphis is uh, Valanciunas. Um, I really like his price at 7,200. Uh, I think the minutes should be there with no Jaron Jackson Jr. He only played 24 minutes last game, but he was in some early foul trouble. So uh, this guy is a point-per-minute beast. And uh, I know Toronto's a tough team. They guard his position well, but I still think it's going to be relatively easy for this guy to hit value. What do you think about him? I mean, I'm a big J Val guy. Anytime, if you were to tell me he's getting 30 plus minutes, he's almost a lock at whatever price tag he's going to be at. Uh, 7,200 is a great price tag. Um, I, I think you're right. I mean, they also didn't need that. They got a, they got that last game quickly, early. Uh, they didn't. They gave him a quick and early hook. They didn't need to play him that much. But uh, it might be different in this scenario where they're talking about Marcus Saul, Serge Ibaka. They have a couple bigs that they can throw at him. Uh, they might need him to play it up a couple extra minutes. Also against his former team, let that be a little juice and firepower, if it may be. It's not like it's going to be played on either team's court, but uh, for whatever it's worth, so a lot of these guys, you know, they they remember that seventy two hundred. I can get I can back Valchunas a little bit. I don't know how much I finish on the night with him, but I expect him to be low owned in a Toronto matchup, so I, I do like that play. Yeah, uh, outside of him, I, I, Morant is just too expensive for me at eighty six. Um, I really believe in this Toronto backcourt's defense uh, between Lowry and Van Vliet. Um, 86 is just too expensive for me in this matchup. Yeah, I'm not touching him at that price either. Uh, outside of that, uh, I think Brandon Clark is a decent guy to get a look at. Rolling the dice a little bit with him. He only played 20 minutes last game, but... Uh, with no Jaron Jackson Jr., he seems to be a guy that could be poised for minutes and you know, he has these crazy efficient block shots, rebounding games that just pop up here and again. So I'll have a little bit of a look at him. Um, I, I think he starts again. Um, he came off the bench in that last game. And this is the one thing I've been talking about with Brandon Clark is being worried about these last two matchups. I think I was on both of these shows 
Uh, he played Utah, played OKC, and they play stretch fours in both those Ingles and Gallinari, and those aren't just the best matchups for Clark. They can get away with using a guy like Kyle Anderson on him. Uh, this is a different scenario, knowing that they're going to be playing Pascal Siakam and that they're also going to run out two other bigs. Um, wouldn't be shocked if we see Clark start, and I think we're looking at a little bit of a higher minutes floor than we've seen, especially in that OKC game. Maybe like a, a floor of 25 with the upside of like 30-32. So I'm at, I'm, I don't love the matchup, and I think a lot of people are going to hop off of him after those last two games. Might be a decent time to look at hopping back on. Yeah, I like it. Low per- low own ownership percentage always helps. Oh yeah, I'm a GPP guy, man. Uh, I'll 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 let you know when it's a decent cash play, but uh, you should almost consider I'm talking about GPPs when I'm just speaking out loud like that. But uh, what about some of these ancillary pieces? I know Dylan Brooks has been balling out lately, taking the shot attempts have been there. Any interest in him? No, uh, not with this Toronto defense. He he was shooting well, but uh, this is a guy that frankly I just don't like his shot selection normally. Um, I see, I see Toronto making things diff- difficult for him. His value is very much tied to how well he's shooting. So I don't like Dylan Brooks in this one. Yeah. And I'm not, I'm not playing Anthony Tolliver. He's the guy that started over Brandon Clark. And I hope they don't opt to put Anthony Tolliver on Pascal Siakam because that won't be good for them. No, uh, it'll be good for veteran. Siakam. <laughs> it'll be good for Siakam. Yeah. I would put the youth on him. That's kind of what I'm thinking with Brandon Clark, but we'll have to wait and see with that. Uh, all right, man. I'm I'm good with Memphis. I mean, um, tough defense. I think there's a couple guys that we could pick from, but I don't want to go overboard on them. Yeah, yeah, I agree. All right, man. Toronto Raptors. Uh, you know, we just we just said it. Now, as tough as the defense it is uh, to go against, they're in a up pace spot going against a Memphis team that's been blue points lately. And now, without Jaron Jackson Jr., probably their best defender. Who are we targeting on Toronto? Uh, on Toronto, I think that Lowry's just a little too expensive for me at uh, 8,800. Um, if I'm looking at one of the guards, I'd be looking at Van Vliet. I think he's fairly priced, but um, if this guy starts shooting well, he he can really return value. He's got a few games, 45, 50 DK points recently. Um, what do you think about Van Vliet? I definitely prefer Van Vliet over Lowry. I can't pay that 8,800 price tag for Lowry as, as good as he's been. It's just, like I said, it seems like a lot of the point guards are just really priced up, and it's hard to pay for those. Um, it's just looking at some of the other positions that we have and some of the other guys on the slate. I just can't back that. You know, matchup's fantastic, but yeah, I, I prefer Van Vliet. I think that's still a fair price tag for him, 7,500. I'd prefer him like you know 73, 72, but you know, in this matchup, it's worth the extra two, three hundred dollars for a guy like that. Um, yeah, outside of that, I, you know, we just talked about Siakam and the interest. I think, you know, that matchup, if he does get draw a guy like Anthony Tolliver up pace, coming off of probably one of his worst performances of the season uh, against that Celtics team, I was really expecting him to kind of smash in that spot, and he let me down a little bit. Um, but it's a new day. It's DFS. How are you feeling about him? I have not been on Siakam since he returned. He hasn't scored over 40 DK points yet, and his price tag is 8,100, so... He's someone that I think he he very much could have a good matchup against this team. Um, I think the style of play suits him, but I'm probably going to wait for him to, you know, uh, put up one of those 45, 50 point games before I get on Siakam. Yeah, and we talked about this actually in one of our preview shows with the Raptors is that he spent four months not shooting or playing any basketball whatsoever. Uh, and we're kind of seeing what that looks like right now. And he's probably just knocking some rust off. And that's the thing. He's been really, really, really just struggling with his shot, uh, like really badly. I mean, that last game, 5 of 15, 5 of 12 the day before that. Um, he's really only shot over 50% twice since being in the bubble, a lot of, with a few games in there being, you know, under 35%. So he's really working on that. And he's. I'm, I'm hoping that he gets that figured out by playoffs because Toronto needs this guy. But. I think you're right. I think, uh, you know, maybe we avoid him a little bit until we do start to see that shot start falling. Yeah, I agree. That's all I've got for Toronto. Um, I don't mind a little OG if you're looking for a small forward option. I think I like this. Uh, this Anytime it's an up pace matchup, I like OG. Uh, that's when I try to look at him a little bit more. When there's more opportunities for him to kind of get some of those defensive stats uh, and those rebounds and transition points. That's, you know, he's not a guy that's, he hits that spot up three. He's not a guy that's creating his own shot half the time. So anytime there's more transition opportunities and, and defensive stats, uh, that those are the opportunities I really like to try to capitalize on OG. Uh, yeah, more of a, a tournament play though, I think. 
That's a good call. He's someone that I pretty much never get right. So maybe I'll I'll follow your advice and go. He's and a tough guy to get right. Man. <laughs> it's not like I get him right every time. I wish I did. Uh, he's a tough guy to get right because you know he, he's he's got such a low floor. But we've seen that ceiling a few times this season where you know usually he needs a few rebounds. His shot needs to be on. There's a lot of things that need to go right for OG for him to be good. And that's kind of why I look at him in these types of matchups because if there's going to be a matchup where it's going to go right, it's going to be in a game like this one. But yeah. Doesn't mean, doesn't mean you can't bust. We'll have to see. Uh, next game, San Antonio going against New Orleans. Uh, another game where I think we're going to probably probably be monitoring a little bit of the news at the very least uh, with uh, you know the whole Zion's resting and minutes limits and you know everything else that's going on over there. Uh, but we're, as far as the game total and spread is concerned, this game's coming in with a 240 over under. Massive game total. Uh, I mean, it's just the highest on the slate, and the spread is New Orleans being favored by three. So not a large spread, which leads us to believe that we're probably going to want some action in this. Bryn Forbes, Tyler Zeller both being ruled out for San Antonio. And for New Orleans, it's uh, Zion right now. Looks like he's probably going to play after sitting out Friday just for rest. They didn't say injury. Um, but we have to keep an eye on what kind of minutes he's going to play and wait and see what they what they say about that if they give any news. And that last game, he only played 22. So once you break us down, we'll start off with this uh, San Antonio team. Who are you looking at? So, yeah, this is a really juicy matchup with a 240 total. I think it's the highest by pretty significant margin for tomorrow. So this is a decent game to stack. Um, I'm looking at on the Spurs, my guy, uh, Derek White. He's been doing really well for me. He's been playing awesome in the bubble. Um, I really like guys that get it done in a lot of different ways. I mean, he's a guard that blocks shots. He can get assists. He can get rebounds. He's been hitting threes at uh, 6,100. I'm very in on Derek White. My only concern is that his ownership should be very high. Yeah, I'm expecting a super high ownership for him, just with how well he's been playing in the bubble. And again, theme of the night, point guards are stupid expensive. Uh, people are going to be looking at those mid-priced or cheaper guys. And 6100 6, for a guy like Derek White uh, is always a fantastic price tag. And though I guess the only thing that, you know, we can look at is that people always look at those two guys between him and Murray and it's a coin flip for him. So I think more people are thinking 75, 25 Murray at this point or white. Um, but maybe we're wrong. Maybe Murray draws some ownership, but I'm with you. I think Derek White's in a great spot. Uh, it's hard to target sometimes at New Orleans backcourt, but with this pace, I'm OK with it. Um, I don't mind it. I don't mind the Lonzo Ball and Drew Holiday matchup. These guys have just been bleeding points and you mentioned it. He can get it done in multiple different ways where I think he'll find his way to uh, to about at least 30 DK points. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, I'll also be looking at uh, DeMar DeRozan. I think he's a great cash play. Um, he's got a solid matchup. Uh, I Again, like he's been playing a little bit of point. So at 8,000, I think he's very solid for cash. I don't know how much I'll have him in GPP because I think his floor and his ceiling are pretty close. Um, they but, really are. Yeah, but uh, I mean, it's a good matchup and he's certainly getting the usage. Yeah, everything is there for him. It's just the only thing that's not is the minutes. Um, and that's kind of where I'm at with him as well. I think I think he's very safe for cash, especially in this matchup. But, uh, you know, he's only played over 35 minutes once in the bubble since it kicked off. And it was the very first game against, you know, Sacramento. Um, so, you know, if, if we're going to get 35 minutes out of the rose and I think this is a great spot for him uh, once he's playing around that low 30s mark. It's a little tougher, so I wouldn't play him or Derek, him and Derek White in the same lineup. I know it's a great spot, and it, you know you can easily get two two guys in this lineup if you want from this game, no problems. Um, but they really kind of feed off of each other's usage. If Derek White's taking a lot of shot attempts, we're going to see it come from Demar Derozan. So I, I'd rather not play those two guys together. Yeah, I like it. Uh, another guy I'm looking at, and I'm kind of surprised that I'm saying this is Rudy Gay. Um, Rudy Gay's just been playing really solid since uh, coming back to the bubble. Minutes have been in the kind of mid-20s, but he's scoring. He's getting rebounds. Um, not necessarily a guy that I think has this super high ceiling that I'll be looking at in GPPs, but pretty solid cash floor. All right. I, I'm, I never really play Rudy Gay. I just... I'm looking for those high ceilings, and now at 5,700, it's a great matchup, but I just don't see myself getting there at 57. Um, you know, Troy Brown Jr., only $100 more, and a few other guys that we talked about at small forward eligibility already in just two games or a little bit cheaper. 
so I, I just don't see myself landing on him at, at this moment. Well, you know, when everything shakes out. But again, fantastic match. I'm not going to tell you not to play him in this one. Yeah. Um, if you got any love for uh, Podal? Mm, nah, I don't think in this matchup. Uh, he played great against Utah. They really needed him out there. I don't know if they're going to need him out there as much in this one. Um, See, I was I asking you because he's someone I always get wrong too. So, <laughs> he, well, that's the thing. He's one of those guys where it's like when it's chalk purdle, uh, it's a bad time to play him. Uh, he, you know, whenever he's the chalk is when you don't want to touch him. When he makes sense and people aren't on him anymore is when you want to jump on him. Like at that last one against Utah, he made sense. They needed his his body out there for Rudy Gobert for as long as possible. So I don't, just don't know if he makes sense in this one. So I don't think I'm going to end up with him. There's a few other centers. You know, I talked about Noel already at 3,900, and I think I prefer him over Pirtle. So I'm hoping that maybe people just jump up, jump back on the Pirtle train, uh, you know, let it crash and burn while I'm sitting here counting some Noel cash. <laughs> Good call. I like it. All right, man. Let's uh, bounce over to New Orleans. A lot of these guys priced up. Uh, you know, Drew Holiday, 9,100. Ingram, 8,500. Do you have any interest in either one of those guys? Honestly, I don't at their price with Zion coming back. Um, we'll see what kind of minutes Lodi's playing, but uh, this team is just a little difficult to get, figure out where the usage is going, um, particularly when Zion flows in and out of the lineup. So seeing as it'll be there tomorrow and these guys are priced up so much, there's just too much uncertainty for the, those high price tags for those guys. Yeah, I think the only guy I'm really looking at at this team um, might be Lonzo and you know, he's been struggling over the past few games. Zion being in the lineup definitely helps him. I love it when Zion's in the lineup. He gets those easy alley-oops. You get, they just, these guys are in sync. They're great. These, they're going to be studs with each other for the next few seasons. Um, I'm really looking forward to kind of just seeing what that could be with those alley-oops. Uh, the Lonzo's core vision is insane, and where Zion's athleticism, it's a perfect match. Uh, 7,100, fair price tag. Again, I'll say it 100 times on the tonight's show. Point guards are expensive, and I think you know going for this mid-tier guy, especially when we just talked about Derek White being $1,100 cheaper, I'm not expecting a lot of ownership towards Lonzo, especially going against a team like San Antonio. People won't be looking at it. Uh, but he, is, he crushed in this matchup early in the season, put up 49.5 DK points. It, it took him 38 minutes, uh, but he near triple-doubled. He was two rebounds off. So I, I don't have any issues paying for that $7,100. Um, I think it'll be a nice little low-owned GPP play. Yeah, no, I love the Alonzo call. Um, I have very, very slight interest in Redick. 4,100, sometimes it's a little bit hard to ignore in a nice pace-up matchup. Mm. Um, this will just be like if I need someone to fill out a lineup, but I feel like he's worth mentioning. Yeah, he's always that guy for me when I need to fill out a lineup. I always land on 4,100, and uh, he'll probably come off the – he started in the last game. He'll probably come back off the bench with Zion coming back. Uh, but that doesn't matter. J.J. Redick will still probably play at like 25 minutes and get his shot attempts regardless. Uh, he's just very score-reliant. We know J.J. Redick. He, he did, his shot needs to be on, like just lights out for him to really break value. Um, 18 points last game, like DK points, and that's with scoring 15 actual points. So just keep that yeah. in mind. You know, yeah, I wouldn't that's expect a, rough. a fat upside, but he's not a bad guy to round out your lineup with because you know there's that 30 to 35 DK point upside in there still. Uh, and if you get him on that night, you'll be you'll be happy. Yeah. All right, man. Uh, any interest in Josh Hart, or should we keep it moving? No interest. Keep it yeah, moving. Yeah, I think I think after that, it's pretty. I'm, I don't play Derek Favors anymore. I'm over that. No, uh, me neither. He's burned me a couple of times. <laughs> yeah, he'll get the big one. He'll he'll have a big one before the bubble's done, and I'll miss it. But it's okay. Yep. All right, we're halfway through. But before we get any further, just stop what you're doing. Go check out my bookie. Uh, sports are back, guys. Take advantage of it. We have just some phenomenal things going on over at MyBookie, uh, whether it's baseball, basketball, football around the corner. Uh, jump in there. Use promo code HoopBall. Get a deposit match bonus up to 100%. These guys are absolutely crushing it in the bookie game, and they've just really taken it by storm. I, I play only parlays and big bets over there. I, I pay my GPP money over there pretty much. You know, I don't like to do uh, little small bets on it. I want to parlay. I want to go big. I want to go home, uh, turn my $10 into $1,000, something crazy. Uh, and it doesn't always work for me because I'm not that very good at just, you know, trying to bet an actual game. Uh, give me, give me players, give me, you know, the stats. I could do that. Uh, but I'm, I would come, come take my money. It's easy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> come get it. Uh, and you guys will enjoy it. Go check out my bookie. Use promo code HoopBall. Do you do any actual betting? 
Uh, I do it when the playoffs start. That's like a ritual for me. When the first weekend in the NBA playoffs, have some friends over, we order pizzas, and we're throwing money on all the games. It becomes fun. Yeah. (laughs) Definitely be hitting up my bookie uh, when the playoffs start. Me and Santino have a fantasy draft coming up uh, in a few weeks, and it's expected to be rough. That's needless to say. It's like the one time where I'm almost 30 years old. Uh, we turned back the clock to like our, our college days, and it's just a bunch of good buddies that we've been in the league with for the past like you know, 15 years or so now. Uh, and we get pretty inebriated. We play some yard games. We do some crazy draft stuff, and uh, you know that's probably I'm, I'm imagining that's what you you left out some booze. You just said pizza, which is respectable. I don't mind it. Uh, you don't need to booze up just to watch a game. But I'm expecting that you guys might get a little rowdy, or you you, you guys kind of calm and tame. Oh, no, we're very, very tame. Nothing like that would happen. <laughs> That's all right, man. I, I, I like, I prefer the tame at this point, but I get no, my rowdy no, day. Not. The one day I break my shell is uh, our fantasy football draft. It's kind of like, uh, you know, like the hall pass to go party, I guess. Oh, absolutely. Fantasy drafts are the best when you do them live. Absolutely. Especially when you got some good buddies in there. Mm-hmm. But, uh, Next game, man. It looks like this one's actually being called in as a pick 'em. It's Orlando versus Boston as of right now, which uh, we do have some injury news to keep an eye on because we have a few people questionable. Michael Carter Williams is questionable with his left uh, foot strain, and then we have Aaron Gordon questionable with his left hamstring strain. Uh, both of them have missed the last two games, so them being back uh, would obviously impact the lineup. And then for the Sixers, Glenn Robinson is questionable with his left hip pointer. Um, ben Simmons, obviously, we already heard the news. And if you haven't, he had surgery. Wait, sorry. This is Magic Celtics we're talking about? Oh, I about? said Magic Celtics. I'm sitting here uh, going off the <laughs> Sixers, guys. I appreciate you stepping in and, uh, and you know, actually doing that for me. Because I probably <laughs> would have kept going. Um, <laughs> yeah, no. So, as far, <laughs> as far as the Celtics are concerned, there's no injuries. Uh, and that's probably why I just looked right over him on the injury report. Uh, but, so, no injuries on the Celtics. Let's keep it going now. Get back on track. Thanks, Steve. Appreciate that. Uh, we'll start with this Orlando team. Um, you know, we touched on it. Gordon, questionable. Carter Williams, questionable. Uh, how are you approaching this? Well, this is my least favorite game of the day. Um, it's always tough to play anyone that's playing the Magics, uh, especially when it's the Celtics. Um, the Celtics uh, are just difficult to figure out where their usage is going to go on a night-to-night basis, and then the slow pace of this game just makes this something I'm probably going to stay away from. Um, but on the Magic, uh, I don't really like Vooch. He didn't do well against them last time. Uh, I think it's fair to expect that he would get the best of Tice, but Celtics play a really good team defense, and I just don't really like Vooch at 82 in this matchup. I'm not playing any Celtics. I'm kind of with you. Um, you know, I've been playing a little bit of DJ Augustine here and there when when we knew that uh, Michael Carter-Williams was going to be out because he was playing – uh, high 20s minutes, he's at that 4500 price tag. So, you know, maybe if we hear Carter Williams is out. But like you said, this team plays great team defense. Um, I could generally get away with targeting centers against Boston. That's like the one uh, weak point, I guess, in their armor that they kind of, you know, tend to have. But we have so many center options that we could choose from. I don't. I just don't see myself getting too many people from this game at all. Yeah, I feel the only people, I think there's a few people worth mentioning. Uh, I won't really be going for them, but... Uh, Fournier sees a, a nice bump in usage when Gordon's out. So if Gordon's out, he's someone that you could look at. Um, and then on the other side of the ball, uh, I think Hayward is pretty fairly priced at 6,800. Uh, he's been playing really well in the bubble. Um, last time he played Orlando, he put up 48 DK points. So he's a guy worth a little bit of consideration. Um Outside of that, maybe Kemba, just because his minute limit moved up and DJ Augustine can't guard me. That's true. But again, I won't be looking at this game too much. Don't say it, Steve. I mean, we don't know if you can ball yet. We haven't we haven't learned that much about you yet. What if you're you know next thing we know you're Damian Lillard out there and uh, you know you're you're saying DJ Augustine can't guard you? It might not be a surprising thing. Um, Uh, Yeah, it was more of a taunt. (laughs) (laughs) Why did you did you ever uh, did you play any basketball? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I played all growing up. Love playing ball. I can't right. play as much anymore. I'm 33 and, you know, fall apart when I play too much. My dream is to get like a hoop ball game going with like hoop ball staff one time. Oh, uh, like a nice great. five on five, maybe not full court because we got some veterans out here, uh, you know, bad backs and just old people, man. We got some oldies on our staff, but 
Uh, I would love to get a nice five-on-five hoop ball tournament game or some, something fun like that. Uh, maybe it'll be in the works one day. Uh, how about over here in Boston, though? So everybody's healthy, and that's kind of you know the one the one fear I always have with these guys. Are when they're healthy, uh, you know, the shot attempts they get distributed. We kind of see everybody get a little bit of theirs. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, the only guys I really kind of be considering are Hayward or Kemba. Um, just it's a good matchup for Hayward. Um, I don't think I'll be getting to him too much, and. Kemba, I just like that his minutes limits up and he's cheap, but that's really all I'd be looking at. All right, yeah, yeah, I I can get behind the Kemba with the thirty to thirty-two minutes. You know, if he does in fact play that, which you imagine Boston's going to want to get this guy geared up before they have to play in playoffs. So um, I can get behind the Kemba play, and I think that's it. Jalen Brown's been shooting excellent too. Um, this guy, I think he hit as uh, at least twenty points in ten out of the last eleven games now. So maybe yeah, those two guys. He's balling. Yeah, man, he's really stepping out, showing why they didn't want to give him up. Uh, I think back in the day, Pelicans were trying to trade Davis to them, and they wanted Jalen Brown, and they said nope. Oh, really? I thought it was Tatum in that. that they was it Tatum? Up. Maybe it was. I mean, at that point, they probably asked for both. Um, yeah, yeah. But I know that they, they were, they've been asked about for Jalen Brown several times, and they would not move him at all. They love that kid. He really well, came he, along nice this year. Very impressed with him. He plays great on both sides of the ball. Yeah, and he stepped up in ways that, you know, people weren't expecting. You know, Hayward dealt with a couple injuries, uh, and then Kemba dealing with a couple injuries and kind of stepped up whenever they needed to. And he was just been rock solid all season long. He's going to be a great player. Uh, he's, he's actually, uh, in my opinion, a little bit of an underrated defender. Oh, yeah, yeah, I agree. Smart gets all the credit. And, I mean, Smart deserves credit, but Jalen Brown plays really well, too. All right, man. Let's keep it. Now we're at the Philly game. Now uh, we're jumped, at the Philly jumped game. Jumped on it a little bit earlier. 229. Uh, game total going against Portland. Portland's being favored by two points in this one. Ben Simmons, uh, which I was alluded to earlier, did have knee surgery. So he dislocated his knee. And the number one thing you have to worry about is anytime you dislocate your knee uh, is, you know, it doesn't always pop up and show right away. But you get that MRI because it can damage your tendons and ligaments surrounding the kneecap, uh, which we all know is an ACL, MCL. And there's a few other ones I'm probably just not going to know because I'm not a doctor. Um, but it seems like he did do some a little bit of damage. We don't know exactly to what, and we might hear that eventually at some point. It's obviously not the ACL, though, or else they wouldn't even be talking about him coming back at all. Uh, they mentioned that there's a decent chance Ben Simmons could come back, but they would have to get late into the playoff push for him to be there. So we're talking like almost NBA Finals kind of thing. So, uh, you know, hopefully we get a speedy recovery for Ben Simmons, one of the best young players in the league. But until then, things move on, and we're going to have to look at this team. So who are we looking at as far as, oh, I guess I should talk about Portland injuries before we jump into them. Uh, just Hassan Whiteside. Uh, looks like he might sit out another game. He's been downgraded already, actually. Um, actually, yeah, that was Saturday's contest. So, you know, he's, he missed two games in a row. Keep an eye on it. Um, I doubt he plays, though. And then the regular injuries that we've been dealing with, you know, Rodney Hood out, uh, Trevor Reason not with the team. So we'll start with this Philly team. No Ben Simmons. Uh, obviously, Big game. Who are you looking at? Well, we got to start with Embiid. Um, he was a little disappointing against Orlando, but his ceiling is so high. Um, his usage is in the mid-30s without Ben Simmons. Um, uh, the high price tag doesn't really scare me that much. I'm in on Embiid at 10-6. Um, Nurkic should give him some trouble, but you know this guy is just capable of putting up 78, 80 DK points on any night, especially without Simmons. So I'll be looking at Embiid. Yeah, I don't mind Embiid. I think he makes a great pivot to Harden. Um, you know, I've even started making a couple of shell lineups where you know Harden's going to be absolute chalk. Uh, he's in a great spot, but you know, fading Harden, playing a little Ben McLemore, getting your expensive exposure to Embiid might not be a bad idea either. And those GPPs with mass multi entries, uh, just knowing where the ownership's going to be. So I'm with you. I think Embiid, you know, maybe Nurkic's not an easy spot. He's been balling out. But Embiid is also one of those guys where I consider him almost matchup proof. Uh, Tobias Harris, I think, is just too expensive at 8700 I can't, I can't play him at that price tag. I know he's going to get shot attempts. I know he's going to play great. I just can't do it, especially now he's going to be playing the three. Uh, big difference. I know that he was kind of playing the three before, but when Ben Simmons brings the ball up, he's primarily basically playing a four. Uh, Al Horford in that starting lineup changes that. It pushes him down. I can't get behind Tobias Harris at 87. 
No, it's just a little too expensive. I actually do kind of like this matchup for him, but 87, I just can't stomach for Harris. Oh, yeah, he's going to have Melo on him, so it's it's a fantastic matchup. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's just that price tag is hard to stomach. And then, I mean, Horford played great in that last one, paid off this price tag at 65, but you're going to be able to get behind him now that he's back in the starting lineup? Uh, I'm lukewarm on him. Uh, he did play 30 minutes last game, which I like, but um, I guess he just doesn't excite me all that much. You know, at 6,500, I see him probably returning value or close to it, but I don't really see him putting up a 40 or 50 DK point night. Yeah, I'm like, I'm, I think you said it perfectly. I'm lukewarm on him. Uh, you know, if you look at what they did in the first game, he played great, but Embiid sat that game out. So, you know, take it with a grain of salt, obviously. So 6,500, it, it's, it's a little bit expensive. If he was 62, I think I could play him. I, I wouldn't have a problem with it. I'll probably have a couple shares of him just in lineups where, you know, maybe I'm playing Harden and I, and I, don't, I can't afford Embiid and I want to get some exposure. Because uh, the only guys I'm really looking at on this team outside of Embiid would be Horford maybe a little bit and then a tiny bit of Shake Milton at 5,400. Uh, we didn't get that Shake game that we wanted. I'm, I was expecting a bigger game from him, but – uh, with Ben Simmons not in the starting lineup, or not playing at all, Shake Milton is going to have his fair run at point guard. And he's, we've seen those big ceiling games from him already this season where he got a couple 40-plus point ones in there. So I wouldn't mind looking at him a little bit, but probably more of a GPP than a cash play. Yeah, another guy that I, I won't have too much of, but he could sneak into a lineup or two, especially if I'm uh, going heavy on this game, is Alec Burks. He did play 28 minutes last game without Ben Simmons. I don't expect him to have 22 real points again, but uh, decent matchup. He's only 4,200. I feel like it's just worth mentioning him. It's definitely worth mentioning if he's going to take 15 shot attempts again. That's the thing. It's it doesn't matter if he's playing, you know, 22, 28, or 35 minutes. So shot attempts make him worth looking at. So that's a great call. Oh. Portland Blazers, though, uh, Lillard 10K, high price tag for him. Might be a little fired up after that little issue today with Paul George Pat, or Patrick Beverly and I guess Marcus Morris. Um, I don't know if you caught that, but he missed two late free throws, uh, really, you know, big free throws that potentially could have won the game. And Patrick Beverly and Marcus Morris were kind of chuckling, laughing, making fun of him on the sideline. They waved goodbye to him afterwards. Uh, Lillard was in an interview talking trash back, saying how he waved goodbye to Paul George last season. Paul George jumped on Instagram, got into some beef. So, Lillard might be a little gassed up, but that price tag is really, really high. Um, I, I don't think I could pay that price tag. Could no, you? I don't think so. Um, we spoke about it a little bit before the show, but, you know, this Philly team is playing at a snail's pace without Ben Simmons. You know, they're going to be pounding the ball inside to Embiid. Uh, I don't know if these guys get up and up, up and down the court enough to, you know, get enough DK points to justify a $10,000 price tag. Um Dame and CJ are getting 40 minutes a game, so it's hard for me to, you know, just completely rule them out, but it's just a little too expensive for me. Yeah, I don't play CJ. I just never get him right. He's that, he's that guy for me. Um, I just never get CJ right. I'd prefer Lillard over CJ. Um, you know, I'm not going to completely rule Lillard out just yet. It's going to be very tough for me to pay that. He did blow up against Philly for almost 60 DK points when he played about 38 minutes earlier in the season, so it's there for him. The upside's there for him, but like you said, that might have been a little bit of a different pace with Ben Simmons. I really like that call about how it gets slowed down. Uh, I think that's a great you know note worth keeping track of. And then uh, got to be talking about we got to talk about Nurkic, man. Tough matchup, eighty nine hundred. I don't think I'll get to him in this matchup. What about you? Yeah, I don't like the Embiid matchup. Uh, Embiid's gonna get him in foul trouble. Uh, this is a guy Nurkic has struggled with fouls two out of his last three games. Um, I don't like him at that price at all, actually. Yeah, it's it's a high price. In the right matchup, we could look at it, but I don't think this is the right one. And then I guess uh, the only guys left worth talking about, uh, you know, Carmelo Anthony, Gary Trent Jr., Zach Collins. Do you have any interest in any of those three? I mean, if you could tell me Gary Trent's going to keep shooting over 50% from three, I'd love to <laughs> just keep riding that. My dude has been hot this whole time. Um, he's been playing great since he's been in the bubble. Um, again, I think his shooting is a little unsustainable and this game has a slow pace, but he might sneak into one or two of my lineups. Yeah. I think he's one of those guys when I happen to land on, I don't go out of my way to force him in there as good as he's been playing. I think last game 
he had a little help. Uh, you know, Zach Collins got into foul trouble, and then they kind of bumped Melo up to the four for a little bit, bringing in Gary Trent Jr. at the three. So I don't mind him, but I don't think I'm going to go out of my way to play him. I have to land on him. Yeah, I think that's about it for me on this game. Yeah, that's probably it for me. I, I could see Zach Collins maybe a little bit, but again, he's very underwhelming. Uh, it would take some Nurkic foul trouble and Whiteside to be ruled out for me to really have some interest. Yeah, also his price just creeping up a little bit, and it's a worse matchup. I just, yeah, mm-hmm. I don't like Collins. Yeah. All right, man. Game of the night, I think. Uh, let's get to it. I think this was going to probably have the most attention, ownership, uh, and love. It's the Houston Rockets going against the Sacramento Kings. As far as injuries, uh, we have Westbrook, Eric Gordon, and Bruno Caboclo all being ruled out right now for the Houston Rockets, for the Kings. Uh, We have Marvin Bagley out. We have Kent Bazemore questionable dealing with left calf soreness. And then Rashawn Holmes has been ruled out. He was a game-time decision in that last game. Ended up playing, got to the half, and had to get pulled out. He's dealing with the hip soreness. And, uh, you know, shout-out to our our main man over there, Dan Bespris, kind of talking about it on Twitter, you know, that could be why he's struggling. Rashawn Holmes has been a point-per-minute beast all season since the bubble started. Maybe it's conditioning. Maybe it's the hip. Maybe it's a combination of the both, but he hasn't looked right. So the Kings are going to let him sit out this game. Um, let's start with Houston, man. I think we know the elephant in the room, James Harden, 11-3. Without Westbrook, you paying it? Yep. <laughs> all right. <laughs> um, my, uh, I mean, he's going to have the ball in his hands. Um, Sacramento does not guard opposing guards well. Uh, particularly shooting guards, but I, I don't know if that applies to him because he plays more like a point guard. Um, but with no Westbrook, his usage is going to be through the roof. He's going to have the ball in his hands. D'Antoni always plays this guy minutes. Um, my literal only concern is just that I think his ownership is going to be really high. Yeah, absolutely. And that's the only reason why you're kind of shying away from him. He did get a price bump, but we know Westbrook. Or I mean, with Westbrook out hard, his price bump could be 12 k and we're still going to consider it. Uh, so I'm, I'm with you. I think he's a great play. If you wanted to pivot off to him, a guy like Embiid or Lillard, I think both those guys are in great spots as well. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to flaunt you for it, but, uh, it's going to be really hard for me not to start most of my lineups with a guy like James Harden. Um, okay. Uh, Ben McLemore likely to draw the start in place of Westbrook. I played a ton of them in that last game. I have some interest in this one. You've said it. Uh, I'm always high on the shooting guards going against Sacramento. And guess what? We have a shooting guard that was drafted by Sacramento. Um, I'm okay with paying this $3,800 price tag at Ben McAvoy. And I, in fact, I think he's a great value play. Yeah. I mean, he got 30 minutes last game. He put up 33 DK points. Um, I mean, he shot the ball well, but even if he shoots the ball a little bit worse, this seems to be a good matchup for him. I think he's very worth 3,800. Absolutely. And then I guess we have some of these ancillary pieces, you know, your Covington's Daniel house, PJ Tucker, any one of those guys standing out to you? Uh, I think Covington's okay at his price. Um, you know, if you're going to stack this game, he's someone I would look at. You know, it's great when he puts up those nights where he gets multiple steals and multiple blocks. So he's got a pretty high ceiling. And I think he has a decent floor against this team in this matchup as well. Yeah, I, I would actually like P.J. Tucker a little a little bit uh, you know, more than both those other two guys if he had power forward eligibility. I can't get behind playing him at center, but I really like this matchup for him. Um, so maybe, you know, I don't know if he's center eligible or power forward eligible on FanDuel, but if he's power forward eligible over there, maybe take a look at him. I think this is a solid matchup for him. Uh, outside of that, I mean, Jeff Green, another guy, only center eligible. I don't know how DK does this eligibility sometimes. It doesn't make much sense. Uh, but he's been balling out over the past two games as well. 4K. Are you going to play any Jeff Greeny? Um, you know, and honestly, I didn't even consider it, but I'm looking at it now and he's been playing pretty well. Um, yeah, I'm going to make a note and take a look at Jeff Green tomorrow. I think this is a good matchup for those guys that, you know, play stretch four, play stretch five, who didn't do that throughout most of their careers. Uh, we're going to see this game go really small, in my opinion, I think, on both sides of the ball. So I guess we'll, yeah. we'll bump over there, man. We'll go to Sacramento. Nova Sean Holmes, uh, Darren Fox, been playing pretty well, struggled in that last one. But 7,800, I think that's a great no, I wouldn't say great, but it's definitely a fair price tag. That's right where he should be, and this is a great matchup in my opinion. So, I mean, I have a ton of interest in Darren Fox. I think he's going to be my favorite point guard play on the slate. Uh, what about you? Are you going to be getting any shares? Oh, yeah, I, I love Fox. Last time he played Houston, he put up 52 DK points. Um, I think there's going to be a ton of room. Uh, he's going to be able to push the ball. 
Uh, I, I like Fox a lot in this matchup. I'm going to have a decent amount of exposure to him. Yep, I'm with you. And Bogdanovich, I Bogdanovich. can't. Oh, sorry. I can't, I'm sorry. No, I was going to say, I can't tell you not to. This guy's taken 20 shot attempts pretty much over the past two games. Uh, I think we have to look at this guy, especially in this up-paced matchup. Yeah, he's been showing everyone who the real B Bogdanovich is in this league since coming back to the bubble. <laughs> um, but, you know, he's coming off of two great games. Uh, I do look at his shooting as a little unsustainable, um, but it's still hard to get away from him at this price tag. Yeah, he's been shooting great. Don't get me wrong. I mean, the game prior to that, he shot 60, <laughs> or, uh, 67%, I almost said 0.067%, so less than 10%, 6.7% against Dallas, probably one of the worst games he's had in a long time. But the shot attempts have been there for him. It's going to be there for him today, uh, tonight, while you guys are listening to this. Uh, so I have some interest in him. I think like if I'm not playing Fox, I'd play a guy like McDonavich. I, I do want some exposure to go against Houston. So uh, probably the one-off plays where you can pivot off each other and get exposure. He's also small forward eligible. I always mention that with the guys. But um, there's one other guy I think I have a little bit of interest in. And hear me out before everybody probably wants to yell at me because I recommend this guy a lot, and we've all been getting burned by him. And it's the Manja Belitsa. Uh, again, I just think this game's going to play small. And without Rashawn Holmes, I think that he should see a decent amount of time at center, knowing that his defense is absolutely porous. He's terrible. He can't play defense. But at least you don't have to worry about it so much for the guy like P.J. Tucker against him who probably have four or five shot attempts at most. So I, I think as a, D, a GPP play, you can look at him. Don't trust him in cash. We can't have that trust for him anymore. But at 4,900, I think we can look at him in GPPs and just let's just hope he can get 30 plus minutes. Yeah, I was gonna say if he if you could you know if you could tell me he'd be getting at least 25 minutes, I'd be really happy to play him. Um, no Holmes helps that. Uh, his minutes the last couple of games do scare me a bit, but I'll definitely have some exposure to him as well. Yeah, I mean, someone's going to have to play center, and if it's not him, it's going to be Alex Len. Um, and I don't know if this is necessarily an Alex Len lineup. We'll have to wait to see on the starting lineup. Uh, but Alex Len's also another great point-per-minute producer. If you're telling me Alex Len's going to play 25 minutes, I have interest in him. I'm going to have interest in whoever the King center is. So let's just leave it at that. Yeah, good call. Uh, do you have any love for Barnes? No, I never play Barnes. Uh, I, I just don't. I think he's very underwhelming. Uh, you know, he has that big game here and there, but... For the most part, I just can't get behind him. And I feel like every time I actually talk bad about him, he has a good game. So let that be worth noting as well. Yeah, I, I almost never play Barnes, but I do like him a lot more when he's playing the four. And uh, mm -hmm. he'll be playing some four tomorrow. I kind of like him in this matchup. He's coming off of two decent games. Um, this might be one of the rare dates that I'll be looking at Barnes a bit, especially right. if I'm stacking this game. Well, I'm going to have to star him then because if you're the Barnes Whisperer, that's going to make my life a little easier. I could just shoot you a text message and be like, is it Barnes Day? Um, <laughs> I wouldn't go that life. far. I'll be looking at him. <laughs> All right, man. We got one game left and uh, a game that is a mess. So it's the Brooklyn Nets going against the L.A. Clippers. As far as injuries, uh, Jared Allen, Joe Harris, both being considered doubtful. Um, they're saying it's probably more likely than not that Karis LeVert sits as well for just a rest game. Those other guys dealing with injuries, Karis LeVert's rest. And then Jamal Crawford has already been rolled out. And then the Clippers are being kind enough not to release their injury report at the time. It's about 10.35 Eastern Standard Time the night before. Uh, but we know Kawhi Leonard sat that last game, so he's likely to play in this one. And I guess we're going to have to monitor Paul George because when one guy sits uh, the day before, we can – pretty much almost be certain that the next guy is going to sit the following night. And the problem is it's the final game. So I think it's going to make our decisions a little easier knowing that Brooklyn's resting all these guys that we don't need to go overboard on Clipper, on the Clippers. But we'll start with this Brooklyn team. Uh, lots of injuries. We kind of saw what, it, what this team looks like without these guys going against the Bucks. Uh, but who do you have interest in? So this next team is, is going to be kind of tough to predict. But I think if you get it right, um, there's going to be enormous value to that. So we'll, let's try to figure these guys out for everyone. Um, I like Garrett Temple. Um, he produced pretty well the game against the Bucks when everyone sat. He had 38 DK points. He took 15 shots. So he's someone I'll have some interest in. Um, what do you think of Temple? Uh, I, I don't mind him. I think, you know, generally, do I ever look at Temple now? Uh but like you said, with these guys out, you know, we have to kind of give them a nice little half wink. Um, I don't think I'll end up with too many shares of them, to be honest, because that 5K price tag 
it's going to be tough. I know that I'm going to have a lot of guys in my small forward and shooting guard spot, very similar priced. I think, you know, we talked about probably three or four small forwards. Um, I, you know, hands down, I think I'd rather play Bogdanovich for $300 more. Maybe in the lineups, I don't have Fox. I can look at him. Uh, but then we all Troy Brown's only $800 more. I think we talked about a couple other small forwards, $100 or $200 less. That are pretty solid as well. So I, I just don't think I'll end up on him. But uh, speaking in terms of Brooklyn plays, I think he's one of the better ones. Yeah, I'll, I'll be looking at uh, Chioza a bit too. I know it's Santino's boy. And that's how yeah. I'm always going to remember him now. But oh, he, uh, really lo- he loves that guy, dude. I don't know does. why. I don't know why. <laughs> Uh, he loves him. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, usage should be there. Someone's going to have to create for this team. Um, I'm not, like, too excited about it, but I might have a share or two as a pump play. Yeah. I think the only other guy I'm really looking at might be Kyrix. Uh You know, center's going against the Clippers. We targeted them several times. He's 4K. He's probably going to draw the start at center with uh, Jared Allen likely to sit. So I, I and this team on a back to back, I I could get behind a little bit of Curix at four K, and uh, you know maybe Cabro as well thirty nine hundred. I don't like the fact that he's probably going to play small four and have to deal with either you know Paul George or Kawhi Leonard, uh, but thirty nine hundred. This guy's not shy shooting lately. He's been taking double digit shot attempts a few times in this bubble. I believe in three out of uh, three out of the past four games or four out of the past five he's taken. So I I don't mind taking the look at Luau Cabro at a little TLC action tender loving care at thirty nine hundred too. Yeah, yeah, he had a decent game against the Bucks too when they sat everyone. I think he hit five threes, so I don't, I'm not counting on that happening again, but it's worth a look. No, and for the most part, I'm actually not looking to get a ton of exposure to this game. I think a lot of people are going to gravitate towards uh, these guys for their value, knowing that they're going to think they have guaranteed minutes, but this team can go deep and just chop it up, especially if it gets into a blowout. We could just see it go you know, right to the dumpster for these starters. And again, Nerlens Noel, 3,900. That's that's the kind of the reason why. I don't even know if it would be that chalky, knowing that we have all these all this value in this game at a similar price tag where people might gravitate towards here to get their value or go to Ben McLemore. Um, we have so many spots and so many guys. I would rather play Ben McLemore and Orleans Noel over anybody in this game as far as Brooklyn value. Yeah, yeah, good call. I might pivot in like one or two of my lineups just to, you know, give it some exposure, but I agree. All right, man. And then we have the Clippers. Montrez Harrell uh, still out, you know, maybe no Paul George. Maybe we do get Paul George. Uh, do you think he plays? I don't. Um, I think they probably are going to take it slow right now you know these guys uh have a deep playoff run coming um i just against a nets team with lavert aaron and allen and joe harris sitting i just don't see any reason that they would be playing paul george and Kawhi leonard um so uh, yeah i'm thinking that paul george probably sits all right. Yeah, me too. I'm in that same camp. We'll have to wait and see, and hopefully we have the news early. That's the thing. Uh, you know, the Clippers, they gave us the news early enough today that we were able to adjust, um, and hopefully they do the same thing tomorrow. The difference is it was one of the first game. It was the first game on today. It's the last game on uh, tomorrow. So we'll have to wait and see on that. And same thing with Patrick Beverly. He sat out today's game. I expect him probably to sit out tomorrow, but, uh, you know, we'll have to monitor that as well because Reggie Jackson drew the start for him. Now he's at 5,500. Played a boatload of minutes in the last one, 35 minutes, but are you going to be looking at him in this Nets matchup if he starts again for Patrick Beverly? Uh, Reggie Jackson? No, I really not. I, he's just, he's very up and down. Um, I I probably would be avoiding him and Lou Will. I don't really, there's really not too much in this uh, matchup I like in general outside of uh, Zubach. I'll probably give a little bit of a look to. Um his role seems to be solidified. He's in that 24, 25 minute range, and he's a great point per minute producer. So if he gets a run, I see him pretty easily returning value. Yeah, and it's a fantastic matchup. I don't love the price tag for you know 5,400 for a guy that we pretty much is capped at 25 minutes. Uh, but if there's a matchup we're going to target him, and it's this one. Brooklyn is awful. Take out Jared Allen out of the equation. If he's going to be going against Curex, he should be able to have his way with him. So I think he's in a fantastic spot, and you know. I think that's probably, if I was going to look at anybody on the Clippers, it would be like Jackson, Zubach, or Morris between that 5500 and $4,700 range. Um, I wouldn't be spending up on Kawhi, I think, at 93 Yeah, I think Morris is a, uh, a decent person to look at. You know, if you see Paul George, Kawhi, or both end up sitting, I'll definitely be looking at Morris a bit. Um, you just you have to imagine that this game is not going to be very important for the Clippers' stars. <laughs> 
I mean, they pretty much threw today's out of, out the window just to give the Blazers a, bit, a better chance. But, oh, they tried to um, by resting Kawhi, and then they still ended up winning it. So, you know, they're they're more concerned about where their seating is going to be, and it's pretty much locked in at number two right now. So that's not going anywhere. It's it's basically giving their opponents worse matchups is what they're trying to do. Uh, and I'm not going to target Lou Williams in the second half of a back-to-back, knowing he's been limited already. I just don't think that's the best time to look at him. I'll wait till those minutes are back up. Yeah, I agree. All right, man, that is it. Uh, we cruise through. And look at that, 59 minutes, right under the hour mark. So we'll try to keep it under there. We'll get out of here quick. I won't keep this dragged on. But uh, as always, if you guys go give us a follow on Twitter, you can find me at Micah Patria, M-I-K-E-A-P-O-T-R-I-A. Uh, Steve, why don't you let the good people know where they can find you? Uh, you can find me at Zero Stark 30. That's zero spelt out, Stark like John Starks, and 30 spelt out. See, I was thinking more Tony Stark. Um, but you know, I guess, I guess we'll give, we'll give John Stark, but go give Steve a follow. Uh, you guys are going to hear a lot of them. And as you just heard with his news advice and everything that we've talked about in this show, he is definitely worth that follow. Uh, and then give us a nice little thumbs up rate and review. We can find us iTunes, uh, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, iHeartRadio. We're all over the place. Uh, we'd really appreciate it guys. It means a lot to us. Let's just know what we're doing. We've already been seeing plenty of them pop in. I think it was like six reviews over the past week that I saw in there guys. So we check them. Um, and it's, it's, uh, it's a nice warm, fuzzy feeling where we get to see some positive ones. So that's all we have for you. Uh, I'll be back tomorrow. I'll be on here with Brent and we'll be breaking down, uh, the Monday slate on the Sunday night. It's always messed up though with Brenton in Australia. He's doing it in the morning. Uh, so I never know how to, how to bring that up, but we'll be back either way. Thank you guys for listening. I'm happy you got to join me, Steve, uh, and take care. Let's go crush this slate. Yeah. Good luck guys. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.